Welcome to the Life Chapters podcast, Real Women, Real Stories. Hi, I'm Stacey, and I am super passionate about showing everyday women like you that they really do have a story to share. In my opinion, everyone deserves to be heard. And on this podcast, you will get to meet some pretty fabulous women who have amazing stories to tell. Some of the stories you hear might trigger you, but they're all spoken by the women who lived them. Some of them will make you smile, some of them might make you cry. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Life Chapters podcast. Today I am talking to another lady who is over the pond from me. Mary and I have been Instagram buddies for a number of years and she's just in New Jersey, which is, as far as my geography is, it's north of New York somewhere. But I'm going to let Mary say hello and introduce herself. And I know Mary and I share a similar path in life. And that's how we connected. But I'm going to hand over to Mary and let her say her piece. Hi, Stacey. This is wonderful to meet you. I'm so happy to meet you finally. Um, yeah, my story follows yours very similarly. I am 63 years old. I'll start there. Born in New York, if you can't tell by my voice. I grew up, moved to Jersey, grew up here. Two brothers, two older brothers. Had a wonderful childhood. Married my high school sweetheart. 15, started dating. 20, got married. Had my first child at 22. I'm going to give you a short little synopsis here. Had my first son at 22, my second son at 25. I have had a life filled with boys, um, brothers, nephews, sons, um, no sisters, cousins. And I had a wonderful, loving husband. He, We grew up together and we had a wonderful marriage for 34 years until he had a sudden heart attack and passed. And... Um, at that point, life changed a lot. I had to move uh, financially, and I had to leave my house. So I moved in with my mom, who at the time was eighty-six. Oh wow, that must have been that must have been such a huge change in your life. It was a big change for many reasons. Because at fifty-five or fifty, I was fifty-five, turning fifty-six. You shouldn't be moving in with your mom. So that was like a tough thing for me. You know, that was the psychological part of it. But we're never done being a mom, and mom was still a mom at 86 and took care of me. I will tell you, in hindsight, it was the best four and a half years I had. We laughed. Listen, we had our moments. She hated my stuff around. I had stuff, you know. But we laughed, and I, you know what? It gave my mom a purpose because now she needed to make sure I was okay. That is so, that is such a beautiful thing to say because at age 86, yeah. maybe she was of the thought that life was done and her jobs were done and, and she was going to live out the rest of her days happily and, and carefree, but yeah. you gave her back something. I did. It, it gave her a purpose because she knew, she used to say to my brothers, you know, I just marry, you know, I have to take care of Mary and... And it just, we had fun. Like, we really had fun. We were like two girlfriends living together. You know, at first I would, 
it was a senior building. So at first I would leave for work early, come back later because I just didn't want to see anyone for many reasons. I wasn't proud of where I was left financially in my life. Um, it was a tough struggle. My boys were grown. My younger son moved out, you know, had moved in. My older son had his daughter. He was married. My youngest son, who just recently got married this past summer, which will go there, um, was out of the house. So that's where I had to go to my mom's. And as much as I fought it at first, it ended up being the best four and a half years. And during that time, I was trying to figure out how to do this life again, because my life from fifth, from 20 was with Danny. So now I had to figure out Mary by herself. Um, oh, wow. I remember going to a restaurant and there was a group of people. I was with a very good friend and her husband. And I, there was a group of people that I knew for years. And one of the gentlemen stood up and introduced himself to me. And I said, well, it's Mary. And I thought half my identity is gone. I have to figure out. I have to figure out now, how do I become Mary instead of Mary and Danny? Danny was my husband. I should have mentioned his name earlier and I apologize. So um, I had to figure- That must have been so hard. It was really hard. I just, I had to figure out my identity and I went from, you know, listen, I was 20. I went from my house to being married to Danny. So I really didn't have that, you know, a lot of girls nowadays and, you know, God bless, have that carefree single girl lifestyle before they marry. I wanted to be married. I just wanted babies. I wanted, it's just what I wanted. And I wouldn't change a thing. No matter where I am in my life, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. I figured it out. I went to groups. I went to support. I went to one support group. It was a mixed loss group. Um, I was with people who lost spouses, but moms and dads, and not that I'm short checked. Listen, I've lost my mother since, and it's, it, I miss her terribly, but it's not the same as your spouse. So I knew of a church that had a spousal group and I reached out to them and they said, well, it doesn't start until March, March, 2014 was when Danny passed. So I had to wait the next March to start the group. And I said, you know what? I really want to come. And I went to the group and I walked in and we were 13 people who had just lost our spouses, ranging from age at the time I was 56 up to, I believe one lady was 82. And I sat next to this woman. Her name was Carol. I don't know. It was something about her. And I said, uh, I'm just going to be friends with this woman. There's just something about her. We are dear friends, dear friends. What I found in the group was I could be married. That's where I became married. Even though I had my friends, don't get me wrong, I had lovely friends outside and still friends with Danny, that became my comfort of just being married. So in this group, there was, um, we do phone calls. I'm facilitating a group right now, but we do these phone calls so that the group connects together. And okay. this is part of the whole thing because it's eight weeks. And after that, they have to support one another. 
So we do one week, call the person below you, then call two people below you, then call three people. And my third phone call was this gentleman, Bill, who was my age. Okay. Okay. So go ahead. (laughs) I know, I know the next part of your story, um, but I want to delve into that group a little bit more because when I lost Chris, there wasn't, I, I wasn't offered any sort of therapy or counseling or a group and mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything. Um, so I wonder, I wonder if, is, is that something you would, you would suggest other people going, having lost a spouse? Is it something you would say is a good thing to do? I now facilitate the group. So I run the group. Um, I train to run the group. I so recommend it. And I'm going to tell you why I recommend it. Many reasons, because first of all, I I don't know about you, but when I was going through grief, I thought I was a little nuts because I was feeling things like that I never felt before. You know, just I'd go to a friend's house and I remember going to a very good friend's house and I walked in. It was Easter. So it was about three weeks after Danny had passed. And I walked in her house and this was a woman I was friends with for probably 30 years. We were very close. She was there with her family. And about 20 minutes in, I was like, I got to go. And I put my coat on and she was like, okay. And one of the feelings was I was alone in this crowded room. Oh my goodness. I know exactly what that feels like. So it's so, so that's so real to me. It is. It, I just, it was, it was, and of course, I always say people don't understand it and lucky for them, they don't. So um, I, what do you call it? I just, um, I left her house and she respected it. And I, that there were just things that I just, so I needed to figure it out. My mother was a widow at 62. So she was a vet. When I went to the movies for the first time by myself, my mother was like, get over the hurdle, Mary, just get it done. She didn't understand the the support group because she didn't do it. Yeah. But I was seeking out any support books I could find. And that's how I read Christina Rasmussen's as I sat by my this girl's pool that I was at her house in August after crying my eyes out because I could relate to this book so much. So um I was just seeking out whatever I could. And I heard this group was really a good group. It was through a church, not religious affiliated, which I wouldn't have had a problem with, but I heard this group is fabulous. So that's why I, I, and I highly, I, I have, so I meet people on the street and then they come to my group and they're like, there was such a reason I walked in your office that day. Like there's so many, there's no coincidences. We meet each other. We there just, is there is no coincidences under the sun, and and even how you and I met online, yeah. And yeah. our stories are very similar, yeah. different age brackets, but very similar. And yeah. the power of the internet, the power of Instagram, has connected um, a lady in Scotland, a lady in New Jersey, and yeah. yeah your story could be my story, and my story could be your story. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you about Bill. Tell me more about Bill. Okay. 
So I met Bill. We were friends. We talked on the phone for three hours. The first time it was, I was his third call. And actually what I found out after was we had the list in our hand and we were counting to see if I was going to be his call or he was going to be mine. We were literally, both of us, we found out after we're looking at the list. So Bill had lost his wife not long before, but she was ill for 10 years. Bill had two younger boys. Now my boys are older. Bill's boys were younger. He had one in high school and one in middle school. So, you know, Bill was running, I'm, you know, Bill was running to the supermarket at seven in the morning to make sandwiches for the boys and telling me how proud he was that he got his son's uniform, the whitest on the field out of all the kids, because here he was a, a widower and, you know, and what I found with Bill was we became friends and he liked to go to concerts. So I was like, I'll go to a concert with you. I'm doing nothing. My boys are, you know, we became friends. And I went to ADC, ACDC. I went to Journey. I went to Def Leppard. I went, I went to places. I never, I never tailgated. We tailgated. I was, I did, my kids were like, they were good. The boys were good. I was honest with them. Um, my boys were good because we respected our kids grief because, you know, all four of these boys lost their parent. So, um, I would always tell the boys where I was and what I was doing. And my younger son met Bill first. Um, we met in a, in a restaurant, you know, he met him. My older son met him about a month later. Um, it was great. They were great with him. My boys have been wonderful. The girl, their girls have been wonderful. Um, very supportive. Um, but, and Bill's boys, the same we've been, you know, his one son, his older son, I was worried. I was interfere. You know, I was taking their dad from them and he went to his son. He was very open. And he said, do you, you know, is this okay? And he said, of course, my dad is smiling again. So we really had a good support. And I always used to say he had Danny's heart. And I, do, I never compared him to Danny. Bill is the complete opposite of Danny. But he took he cared for me like Danny did. He did. He really cared for me like Danny. And I saw that in him. I was giddy. People didn't understand it. But when you come from such a dark place to all of a sudden have you're smiling and you have a little bit of hope, you're a little giddy, you know? And um, listen, I hadn't dated since I was 15. I was with Danny from 15. He was just kind. He was kind and caring. And he still is to this day. Like, honestly, we talked about, you know, we dated, you know, I'd meet him for coffee and my mother would go, you're drinking a lot of coffee lately. And I would, you know, we'd meet halfway at a Panera, you know, we went to 630 Mass where we did our, we didn't go to dinner until after group was finished though. We never went to a dinner together until after group finished because we were in the middle of group. We didn't tell our group that we were talking. And it turned out that my friend Carol also started dating a gentleman from the group. So we used to call it meet and greet. <laughs> So um, we just had this, 
he was just kind. He was kind to me. He was, he was just, so we continued dating and, you know, we went on vacations and, and then we got engaged. He went to, he had dinner with my boys. He asked my boys for their blessing. And he said, you know what? I have asked a dad and I've asked the sons and the sons were tough. He said, you know, and, uh, but the boys were great. And we got engaged and we were married um, July of 2018 in the church where we did our bereavement group. And uh, my mother was my maid of honor at 89 years old. And it's like your story has come full circle from, from, from going to the group, feeling at your lowest, yep. trying to find who Mary was mm-hmm. and meeting Bill and getting married in the same church again that yep. that just makes me smile so much yeah. and then um i trained to become a facilitator and bill having younger boys didn't train right away but he trained after so we actually run the groups together okay what we what we don't do is tell the group on the the first night they're there it's very vulnerable for them they're raw they're telling their story the last thing they want to know is that Bill and I are married. Yeah. So we don't tell them. We wait. If it gets asked, we answer. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had one group ask, and the man actually said, you just gave me hope when he asked us. We were talking about loneliness, which you and I know is probably the worst feeling, one of the worst feelings in grief. Yeah. Um, it was almost a demon for me. I just had such a tough time with the loneliness. And um, and so we facilitate together and we build their trust. And then we we do tell them, we end up telling them that we're married. And most of the time, actually 100% of the time, the people there are thrilled because it gives them, We there's people that are young. I mean, I'm 63, but these people are in, I've had 38-year-olds in my group and I've had, most of them are 40, 50s, and 60s, majority of them. And they need to know, it's hard for them to imagine another life. It was hard for me. I'm sure it was hard for you. But it's also nice to know that, like one lady said, I can't imagine dating, but I don't want to be alone the rest of my life. And what you've said there, the power of hope is yeah. so strong and something I try and give to people when I talk about when I talk about losing Chris when I'm talking to all these fabulous women I'm interviewing for the life chapters podcast the reason I'm I'm giving you the platform to talk about your stories is because you offer hope to the listener the person yep. listening who is feeling heart lonely to the person who is in that dark place there is the hope and your story epitomizes it. You, yeah. you are, you are smiley, happy. You sound so cheerful and joyous. Yeah. And when yeah. we were talking earlier on, you said something that your that the heart expands, but it never yeah. forgets. Yeah. And I wonder, can you, can you just tell me more about that? What you mean by the heart expands, but it never, forgets? you know, it's a lot of things that I have read. I adored Danny. He was my he was my first love. He well, he was my second. My dad was my first. Let's put it that way. Um, 
you know, a little girl's dad is always their first love. Um, and, but it doesn't mean that I'm forgetting Danny. Danny is there. It doesn't mean Bill is forgetting Stephanie. It yes. just means we've expanded to include, listen, we all, we can have more than one child. It doesn't mean we're not loving our first child. We're loving both our children. Your heart just expands. And, you know, we, you know, when my, when my husband passed, my older son said to me, mom, the circle just got tighter. That's what it did. It just, we just tightened our circle and we've now expanded our circle. And I have two stepsons that I get along with really well. It's taken time. We're blended. The kids get along great. Now my boys are 40 and 37 and Bill's boys are 22 and 19. So I came in a house with a teenager that I hadn't had, <clears throat> I hadn't had for all those years. So I was like, oh my gosh, I did this already, you know, but <laughs> Bill took care of everything. Like he takes care of everything. He does, he would do their laundry. He would cook. He was, he's just very self-sufficient, took care of everything, including me. So. Uh, and and it, I love, I love the term, the blended family, because yeah. You, it's not about throwing away the past and forgetting it. It's not about sort of saying that person didn't exist and, and you, you're taking Bill's first wife's place. It's nothing like that. You are just blending these two groups of people together to form something new. Absolutely. And it's given his boys, Bill doesn't have family, like he doesn't have siblings, his parents aren't alive. So it's given Bill's boys a family. You know, I have two granddaughters and they adore the boys. So like when they come, they play with the boys because they're younger, you know. Yeah. So it is just blended really well. And my daughter-in-laws are great. Like they're, you know, everybody is just cohesive and it just works. And honestly, we have two Christmas trees in our house. We have a life bee tree, which is our new tree. Yep. And we have a life, a, we have our life a tree that we put all the kids ornaments from when they were younger. Yep. So we keep it very, we have a picture of Danny and Steph in the house. We keep them very alive here. We talk about them. We, you know, it just, they're part of our lives. They're my boy's dad and, and she's, you know, their mom. And I've said to them, I'm not replacing mom. I'm just here to help dad get you guys to the next point in your, in your life. That's, you know, that's my job. I'm not, I, I'm very honest and open with them. I don't, you know. And I, I think, really... I think that is the key to success in these situations is that yeah. honest, open conversation. You had it with your, with, with your mom, you had it with your boys. Yeah. Bill had it with his boys. You've spoken to the boys. There's just this, open transparency between you all yeah so yeah. there's 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 no hidden there's no hidden agendas or there's no yeah. there's no cross yeah. words that get misconstrued or anything yeah. like that and even for my mom my mom chose not to ever get remarried and when I met Bill you know I introduced him and we're an Italian family we do a big Christmas Eve it's our thing and he came and he goes I always wanted to come to one of these and my mother adored him and I was doing a girl's weekend one year down the shore 
And this will show you how good he is. And I was doing this girl's weekend. He had a condo down the beach. So I was going with my girlfriends. So he came, he went over to my mom's. He made her chicken noodle soup and a grilled cheese. And she loved it. And he's, she's like, could I have another one? It was so funny. He like took care of her. He was so good to her that when I remarried, she said to my brother, Mary is fine. Oh, I know Mary is fine. Oh, and, and, and what a testament. What a testament. Absolutely. And then she passed six months after we were married. So that's why I say her purpose was to take care of me. So the day she passed, she said to me, um, I think today's my last day. And I oh. said, oh, I don't think so. And she passed that day. She passed that day. And her job was done because you were happy and you were fine. I was good. And she adored, she loved him. Honestly, she loved him. She accepted the boys. She, you know, um, yeah, my brothers were good. My brothers were supportive. I mean, listen, they all had a relationship with Danny. So it's hard to bring somebody in when they had that relationship and they had that loss too. But they were all, I can't say they were not supportive. People said I changed. And I used to say to them, I had to change. Everything about my life changed. And I am different. I am different. I'm, my experience has made me very different. You were never going to be able to stay the same person. No. You just, just as can't. I was never able to stay the Absolutely. same person. I used to say my heart is the same, but my life changed. I, I changed. My perspective changed. And, you know, we used to joke with Danny and say, oh, you wear rose-colored glasses. And I, I said, you know what? He left us his rose-colored glasses. Our perspective is, is very different, you know, oh. and um, it is. You have to. Your story is so inspirational and you have offered hope to people who are lonely. You've offered hope to my audience who are maybe going through the period of grief in their lives. You, you've, given them, you've given them a story of what can happen. And yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing openly oh, with me. Thank I'm, you for allowing me to share my story, honestly. So. I have asked all of my guests um, if they have a special verse or a special saying or um, a quote that they want to share. Can you tell us what yours is? My quote was, and it comes from another widow, so I can't take the credit. It's not my quote. It comes from another widow who I follow. Um, Michelle, Michelle, she's the one fit widow. And I started following a lot of widows when I needed to figure it out. And it was, I don't want you to know my pain, but I would love for you to know my perspective because that to me says it all. I don't want anybody to know this pain. I don't. It's, it's such a heart wrenching, debilitating pain. It is. And um, I always tell my bereavement groups, I hate that I met you this way, but I'm honored I'm on your journey. Um, you're allowing me on your journey. I always tell them. So I want people, I don't want people to have that pain, but boy, if they could just have that perspective, it just gives you such a different perspective on, 
on life. I take nothing for granted. I don't, I feed the homeless because I was not left in a good place. And that's important for me to go and, and, and do it's important. I have to do it. It just, um, I try to, I try to, I pay it forward a lot. Um, I meet widows in the store. Like we find each other. It just, my friends are like in awe. They're like, Mary, I can't believe how people just walk up to you and they're like, I'm a widow. I lost my, it's like automatic. And it's, here's my phone number. Give me a call. And I'm, I've met people for coffee and talk to them. And it's just what you do, you know? It is, it is. And and you have paid it forward today by sharing everything you've shared with my audience. It has been my utter pleasure and privilege to to hear what you, you you've, you've spoken about and to just get an insight into how another widow has has moved on and forward with your life and still respecting your first husband and your your new husband still respecting his first wife it is so good to hear and the hope you've offered my audience is truly truly spectacular so thank you mary i do appreciate the time you've spent with me today thank you what a powerful story If you want more information about my guest or their story, check out the show notes. All the details are there. I would love to know what you think about this episode. Head over to Instagram at the Life Chapters pod and tell me what you think. I really would love to know. And if you have a story to share and you want to do it here on the Life Chapters podcast, please get in touch. My door's always open and I would love to give you the platform to share your story. 